0: Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Find us at Toddcast Podcast.
1: Austin. Hi. How are you, buddy? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Right on. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. Uh, a couple of days back they asked, and I was like, Matt, are you kidding me? Like, that's one of the best shows right now. Of course, yeah. I'd love to have the guy on. So uh, before we get into your, your career, and uh, what a crazy career you've had as well, and uh, I want to talk about... Uh, diabetes and all that and fighting through uh I mean that's crazy being diagnosed yeah. at such a young age uh I love your Instagram bio where you're eternally the, the third grader like what is it about third grade like why was it so good right
0: yeah I you know like third grade uh it's when you like you have a little like mental capacity and comprehension yeah. but you also ha- still have that sense of fun um I think second grade was all I was just had a crush on my teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole year. Um but like third grade was that tipping point uh you know whether it was like baseball little league or um uh just you know like being in the camp play like getting a bigger role you know it was just you know it's a general kind of like right prepubescent that you know, things don't get complicated. And, you know, you're always as an actor trying to get back to that place where you could just have fun um, and not worry about, uh, you know, all the life stuff.
1: Yeah, totally. Like, as I'm getting things ready for you, uh, man, I laughed out loud, because for me, like, same thing, like grade three, that's the year I remember it being so cool. And uh, it's actually the year that I moved away from Vancouver to uh up north up to Kitimat. So it's kind of a transitional yeah. year for me as well it was weird because I had to leave good friends that I'd had my whole life and uh but yeah I remember grade three being just so badass and I, I just <laughs> bio. so it seems that uh there's a bit of a buzz around your career right now as of late hey like uh so so let's get into the the far uh, the marvelous Miss Maisel and you you're playing Alvin in that uh in that series yeah and I would say uh, Austin that I ask like probably eight out of ten you know, guests like, what are you binge watching right now? What are the shows that you can't get enough of? Yeah. And that show was consistently, you know, mentioned from all of the guests that we have on this podcast. I- I'm curious, like, cause you're coming in on the, on the final season. How weird is that to come into a, a series that's that critically acclaimed uh, or in the final season, or is it even weird at all?
0: Uh, well, I mean, if i didn't put enough pressure on myself before you know with any project uh coming into a show like this knowing that you're going to be among you know emmy and award winning writers producers production designers mm-hmm. uh l- directors let alone actors uh cinematographers it's just like the uh top level of everything in the industry and uh it really really was about putting pressure on myself. But, you know, using everything that I learned in my career up until that point to be as prepared and relaxed as possible, because I find for myself, at least when I'm prepared, and I don't have to worry about like lines or like simple things like that, you would think, you know, would make (laughs) make you screw up or when you get nervous, like screw you up. Mm. um, That it was really one of those like, using everything in my, you know, in my toolbox, as it were, to, yeah. to, to like, come to set prepared and also flexible enough to have fun, but also, you know, like, change on the drop of a hat if something wasn't working, and I got a different direction, or they had, you know, they do a lot of in this, what I learned is, you know, watching it, you get to see they have one shots, oneers they call them, where yeah. it's like, probably about four pages of material. Every character that you see, it's all in the same shot. And like a play, you only get one shot at it, you know? So, you know, um, unlike a play, you get several takes. So if you do it, like usually those takes take like 15, at least 15 takes, those shots. So everyone in every situation, cameras, sound, like, you know, uh, acting, everything has to be perfect for that to be the shot because there's nothing to cut away to, um, so knowing wow. that early on, I was like, "Oh, this is testing, this is testing my skills." But also, I've been a huge fan of the show, so a lot of a lot of my energy was spent con- convincing myself I didn't know anyone in in this world. And like when I meet m- Mrs. Mazel or Midge, she like I don't know who she is, but Austin knows very well who she is and what the show sure. is in in sure. a greater sense.
1: Yeah, that's really cool, and um, like it. Would you say that this is the the most proud that you've been working on? Such a critic's darling, I guess, lack of better words.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, that weird combination of it's gotten the most acclaim, and I'm stepping into it with that. It wasn't like, you know, it's not like I was there from the beginning. Part yeah, you of... didn't
1: help build it from the ground up, but
0: right, exactly. So. Um, I'm stepping in kind of like um I guess feeding off the wake of their um their 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 ride. And yeah. also luckily getting in at the last stop because you know, as an actor, you audition for tons of shows. You can't watch everything, but you audition for occasionally shows that you watch and that you're a big fan of. And um luckily this was that. I got the I got it, and it, it was <clears throat> a situation where I really um you know like I I really felt like it you know it was a long time coming but it was like every situation when you like oh that's a sign that you know even like uh hold like I I drink tea at night and they have like sometimes fortunes on the tea bags yeah and uh this one that I I auditioned sent in my audition and I had a, gla- a cup of tea that night and it said uh it was like an aristotle quote that said there is something of the marvelous you know right and it's i was just like dude um uh yeah. and there's you know i got those a couple times actually and i kept it with me you know in my wallet or my pocket for most of the shoot um but like things like that where it was i feel like both accomplishment as an actor, but also the show is getting the attention and um the acclaim that it has. Cause I've I felt like I've done good work before and sometimes not everyone watches it or sees it. There's a, you know, it's a difference when everyone's watching it and, you know, people on the show are like getting recognition for their their brilliant work, you know, um, and I'm getting to watch it from the inside and see how the Uh, the sausage is made on a show, this, this kind of popular and good, you know?
1: Yeah. That's very cool, man. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Tell us about beauty and the beast.
0: Uh, Shot it in Canada. Um, So uh, we, we shot in Toronto, but um, yeah, that was a, uh, an amazing run. We had, we had, you know, people's choice awards. We had great fans, beasties, um, Mm -hmm. For me, at least, great character when you get to play a a regular character on a show over the course of 70 episodes, they get to like really flesh out the ups and downs of a character. You know, sometimes shows that have been on forever, it's a little crazy what they challenge the characters with. But in a compact 70 episode arc, to see, you know, a character that I've auditioned for and played before where it's either a tech geek or, you know, in my case, in JT's case, my character was a biochemistry professor. Um, I played teachers before I played tech geeks before uh, I played, you know, uh, bio not biochemist, but like, you know, kind of like uh, just people that were the people that are brought in to make, you know, like figure things out, you know, um, and also explain things to the to the audience. If it's like a hacking thing, I always had to explain it or if it's like a medical thing. And that actually connected to my diabetes, my type one diabetes. So I was kind of prepared on the medical side because I was drawing up needles, giving, you know, kind of tech talk in the sense of, you know, medical, you know, jargon, uh, which is a doctor show. If you ever been on a doctor show, it's like that's the hardest thing for people that are actors that aren't doctors to like, you know, kind of give out diagnoses and uh, all that without missing a beat and, and make it as casual as a doctor would. But, um, it it was one of those shows that I got to do a ton of things as the character really, you know, flex every aspect of it and go outside the box. I had a love interest, you know, I was, I had a superpower at some point, um, so like, you know, little childhood dreams, you know, being fulfilled and, you know, I, I had uh, like, you know, emotional highs, emotional lows. I had the comedy. It it kind of provided me and I think the audience with every aspect and and everything that makes up a good show or a show that fans keep coming back to the yeah. comedy, the drama, the romance, the, you know, the action, you know. Got hung from the ceiling a couple times got thrown on my butt a couple times um you know and then obviously stunt people took over and you know give them credit where credit is due but it was really a fun uh four years you know better part of four years in toronto um i i've liked living in different cities i lived in vancouver for a bit Mm. um to shoot another uh series up there and uh to me it's like you know i went to sleepaway camp growing up so as an actor, when you get to go on location, you know, or live in a certain city or a different city, um, I've had those adventures. And, you know, um, it's been fun for my wife and I, to have these like kind of little, you know, pockets of, uh, or chapters of our lives that involve, you know, employment, obviously, because that makes those things possible. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that for the world. It was such a, a big thing for me um such a fun experience
1: yeah yeah a couple great series that you worked in man like really impressive so when you think back like you grew up in in brooklyn when you think back to your childhood um like what what were the first shows and and movies and actors i guess that kind of really grabbed your attention as as a little kid
0: well i mean i was lucky enough to grow up in uh a family, you know, kind of like a nice Jewish family that was into comedy. My dad uh, grew up working at the Catskills, you know, ironically in Maisel, their second season is, you know, takes place in the Catskills. Mm-hmm. Um, so he really, you know, like that generation um, of people in Brooklyn, you know, went up for the summers to the, the, you know, the mountains of the Catskills and, you know, stayed in a hotel or a bungalow colony. Um, and, theater and entertainment and creativity were kind of part of that because, you know, like I said, when I was younger, I, you know, went to sleepaway camp. Um, so I think all that combined like allowed me to feel the possibility or the freedom to perform dress up. And, you know, like I loved Halloween. I used to dress up all the time and kind of do, do that. Uh, just, you know, put on Dracula makeup or, you know, um, and I always jumped at the chance to kind of entertain, and it was kind of, in a sense, in my blood a little. Uh, so when you, my career in baseball, Major League Baseball, didn't uh, didn't amount to anything, uh, <laughs> I I I stayed true with my, you know, my acting and uh, entertaining chops, and kind of followed that. And so, you know, watching, I was a big, you know, TV and film watcher, but um, I mean, I love Spielberg films, you know, anything that he did, Goonies, uh, um, E.T., yeah. e. uh, you know, those 80s, 70s, 80s, even Jaws. We lived near a beach. We're in a beach community. So Jaws was like, there was definitely like a vibe where it was like real you know, yeah. you'd see that. actually
1: They
0: like they'd call people in from you know the water in the early '80s, and uh, we would think. I mean, we're, we're thinking Jaws, we're thinking huge sharks and all that stuff. Um, and when it comes to TV shows, uh, you know, I grew up on you know Family Ties and the Facts of Life, Different Strokes. Like yeah. these are old school. You oh, know, yeah. people probably wouldn't know them because they don't really play that much anymore. But if anyone knows family ties back to the future uh michael j fox i don't know if you've seen his film still it's it, you should definitely watch it go have a yet. if you grew up on his tv shows and he's canadian as well of course um, he um he basically uh they they do this amazing editing job where they track his um diagnosis and and um battle with parkinsons
1: mm.
0: through his career and through clips of him in different roles. So he's telling the story, you see this, you know, kind of cutaway to interviews. And over the course of the film, you see his career take off and you see it in the press, kind of like red carpets, public interviews, Mm -hmm. and it's cut together in such a way that it's, you see, you know, him experiencing this stuff while he's having this rise in his career. It's amazing. But I grew up on Michael J. Fox. Family Ties was one of those shows that, you know, we loved and yeah, uh, you know, different strokes and uh, like I said, facts of life. Those three. I yeah, there, there was a couple other shows that other I feel like what was the uh Growing Pains was the other one, but I wasn't so much into that one. Yeah. Um, but even eventually, like even at a young age, a show like Cheers, um, And Roseanne and Seinfeld, these shows that kind of like cross the line between pure comedies and like real human arc, especially Roseanne. That was that was one of those shows that you had a a ground like a, a through line of real life, but the comedy that came out of like not being able to pay the, you know, the bills or losing a job, that type of stuff, where a lower middle class family like myself. Even though we were in Brooklyn and they were in the Midwest, it there was a, a connection and and understanding and appreciation as a young actor mm-hmm. uh, or aspiring actor to be like, I could be funny, I could play it real, um, and and be poignant and and kind of have in a, in a sense have my cake and eat it too.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and what are you binge watching right now? I mean
0: if you're not watching like succession right like as a tv enthusiast you're completely missing out um every episode's better than the next uh we watch i mean we're starting uh another show that actually shoots in in toronto um what we do in the shadows dude um it's like we're on our third go through right now because we were like we, we were we were watching Seinfeld to go to sleep every night and um, we're like, we've seen almost every episode multiple times. So we're like, let's go back to, you know, what we do in the shadows. And um, uh, Barry is kind of, this season is crazy. Um, So we watched those kind of like prime time. I like uh, only murders in the building. I got to work with um, uh, uh, Michael Cyril Creighton, he was, he's on Only Murders in the Building, and so I was a fan of the show before, and he, you know, got to work with him this season on uh, Maisel. Also in Succession, imagine someone, you know, he's on Only Murders and Maisel, and then um, Peter Friedman um, and one of the other actresses from Succession is also on Maisel. Um, uh, And so it's it's one of those, like, you know, you, you can't get much luckier than that when um, I don't know back in the day, uh Chris Maloney on SVU, Law and Order SVU. Oh, yeah. He was doing double duty on SVU and um uh oh what was it? Uh oh he was like, you know, what the Oz. It was Oz in New York. So he yeah. was like on an HBO show and an NBC show and going back and forth. And it's like, wait, you're on both shows? Oh my god, if I could do that as an actor, you know. Be on such crazy shows. He's playing a cop and a prisoner, a cop in one and a prisoner in another. Mm-hmm. That you know, play both worlds. Like that's just keep working. I love it. You
1: know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's the the Morty Gunty Memorial Award? What's that given for? <laughs>
0: um, so my it's it's a performing arts award. Uh, we in in my high school it was like uh, a magnet school in New York, so you had to have a certain grades in middle school to get or junior high school to get into it. So there was two different programs and they didn't really have a performing arts program, but they did have something called sing, which is like uh, uh, a performance competition in New York. They've made movies about it, but there it's, I think it started in Brooklyn and maybe even at my high school, it's each grade performs against each other or competes against each other. Mm -hmm. And they write, perform, play the music for, write lyrics for uh, a performance, a a show. They have a theme, they, you know, have their own art director. So it's a completely student run uh, um, competition. There are obviously faculty advisors, but each year at a, you know, in the fall uh, each, you know, in, in our school, it was only three grades. It was sophomores, juniors, and seniors. And if you're a freshman, you were on the sophomore team. So, there are dancers there are singers there are music musicians and then there are writers and artists so every different aspect of creativity and collaboration each each grade competes and then they put on two two nights of performances and there's a a judging panel and then at the end of the two performances they tally the votes and you know usually the juniors or seniors win i rarely do the sophomores win but it's like a huge thing and uh it's a very like it's the only thing at school in high school that was performing arts. Like, so when I did it the first time I played sports too, so it's hard to, it was hard to balance Mm -hmm. those two, but for sophomore year, I was the art director, um, junior and senior year. I was, you know, junior, I was just one of the actors, but I had like a pretty funny role named Poindexter. That was like a nerdy character that, uh, kind of brought the house down. And like, I got to, like really go over the top and do my best Urkel. Oh, nice. Um yeah, and yeah. so my best white Urkel. Um and uh and then the, the final year I was the main character and um we finally won that last year. And uh we actually the first night was canceled because there was a storm. There was like a Nor'easter and we only got to do one performance. So everything was judged in that one night and we I think we lucked out a little with that one. Um, but You know, that's why basically I got it because I was so involved in that part of, you know, um, I don't know if I was going to get an athletic award. So um, even though I was pretty good sports, it's just I, I definitely excelled in performing and, you know, was able to feel comfortable on stage and like, you know, more natural than most kids
1: sure yeah and i'm sure that probably uh catapulted you into what you're doing you know today give you some completely
0: completely uh, belief
1: in the product right (laughs) yeah awesome i don't have you for for very much longer and i want to rip through a few uh other questions kind of get to know you a little bit before we uh we send you on the way uh what was the music like in your house as a kid growing up
0: um well uh i was just talking about this we had a record player um you know for the kids that don't know that's vinyl it spins on i mean (laughs) they're probably into that now um but uh we had a record play and my my parents were big uh my dad was more into jazz but my mom was into like you know broadway and show tunes so we had you know uh chorus line um annie grease like you know i almost would have dreams that it was playing and hear it in my dreams and then wake up and then the record player was playing so um Every year we went to see at least one Broadway show, usually a musical for kids. Um, That was like our treat to go into the city. Even though we're from Brooklyn, we Mm -hmm. rarely went into the city. Usually it was to go to the park, a museum or to a Broadway show during the holidays, like, you know, around Christmas. Um, But uh, yeah, like. Show tunes, um, Michael Jackson, Billy Joel, we had albums, Michael Jackson, we had Thriller, we had Mm -hmm. that album we said yeah. yeah, i used to play it and dance i danced growing up too so you know that ryan the ryan gosling videos that are all over there's yeah, the yeah. videos of me kind of like that but i wasn't as old as he was i was much younger <laughs> nice. um, and of course from
1: brooklyn you had to listen to billy joel like oh to.
0: totally totally yeah. um yeah so yeah that 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 vibe um i also went to sleepaway camp you know all through my childhood and uh you tend to be influenced by like the older camper. So from a young age, I was like, you know, beastie boys, Bob Marley. Um, You know, I was listening to Steve Miller, the Steve Miller band. Like these are things that like, before I even knew it was like, you know, what Steve Miller band was about. (laughs) Um, I'm listening to, you know, you know their 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 greatest hits and we're like singing the the music and you know the lyrics and we have no idea what it means yeah. um
1: gangster that, of love like what
0: yes <laughs> right big old jet Atlanta. you know um we used to like make up different lyrics to uh some of these songs that were uh a little racy it was camp it was sleepaway camp so you get a little uh um you have a little fun with that but yeah we i remember memorizing every word with my entire bunk To uh, Paul Revere, which is on license to L. Now, here's
1: a little story I got to tell about About brothers we know so well.
0: Yeah, I like even like the breaks. You know, like we just we for one reason. You know, like it. Those were when lyrics weren't written on the. You couldn't really like find the lyrics. You had to like listen to it over and over and over. And we we taught ourselves. You know, it. And I still remember it to this day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What was your first concert you went to? Billy Joel. Billy Joel, nice. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's the bar. I did go to
0: Beastie Boys. Basically, I, f- I went back and forth between Billy Joel and Beastie Boys. I wound up going ultimately because I later on became an Elton John fan as well. So I went back and forth to he he had a concert Billy Joel and Elton John at Madison Square Garden. Wow. Um, that was their that was their later. I think they had two tours. Maybe they just had one, but I went you know, like they played both songs, they played them together, you know, like it was like two sets and then a third set where they kind of sang each other's songs. It was, wow! it was awesome. Yeah.
1: yeah. That sounds amazing. So we know that you love baseball. Do you give a shit about the, the NHL playoffs right now?
0: Uh, Well, I, I've always kind of been a Rangers fan, but hockey did what it's not like, unless you had cable or, or the hockey, you know, NHL, you never really necessarily could see every game, right? And I, I, I used to go to at least one Ranger game. We used to get tickets from someone that had season tickets uh, almost every season. Um, and it's tough at the Garden. It's like kind of like a small stadium. And if you have a ticket, you're not giving it up, like a season ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, you know, like I, I still kind of pay attention until the Rangers get eliminated um and then
1: like now the yeah. like, nah, the yeah. I'm, I'm done i'm done right
0: exactly done. um yeah. but it was fun going like living in you know toronto and um and uh vancouver to like walk downtown you know i lived down the the street from uh i could have walked to vancouver to play watch the canucks play the irony is that I heard stories about Mark Messier when he was on the Canucks and he, he was, you know, one of the guys that won the Stanley cup with the Rangers. Um, and, uh, we used to go into bars that I guess he used to go into after games. Um, and then, uh, yeah, going to Maple Leafs game. Um, you know, like anytime you work in these places, you're going to go to sports events, like whether you're going to the blue Jays or the, you know, Maple Mm -hmm. Leafs or the Canucks, um, that's the perks of sometimes working in a, you know, um, a different city. You get to see a different stadium, you know, going to like, I used to like Skydome was like, you know, in Toronto was like, was so huge for me. But, um, we went there, we used to live two blocks away. So we just walk, it was Mm -hmm. like, wait, you can go to a stadium, not think about parking. Never heard of that or not, not think of like the subway, which subways to take.
1: Yeah. 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 I didn't get to touch too much on the type type one diabetes, but real quick, um, how has that affected your career? Like, is there much play into that now? Like you're eight years old when you get diagnosed, of course, that must've just been hugely life-changing is hugely a word. Um, Does that affect your career very much present day?
0: Uh, It doesn't really, you know, like I, I have an insulin pump and a continuous glucose monitor. So I'm like, and one of the newer ones. uh, And so I'm, I'm kind of, up with the technology finally Mm -hmm. a couple years ago, maybe not so much. Um, So it's very, it's a high maintenance thing, but you know, once you have it, you know, kind of down to a little bit of a science, literally it Mm -hmm. it makes, you know, performing and being on set easier, the technology, because at every moment I'm kind of able to be aware of where my blood sugar is at and where I'm, you know, if I'm dropping or I'm raising, you know, like my, sugar's raising, I need to take some insulin. Or, you know, if it's dropping, I'll probably need to have a juice. And um, it's never gotten in the way. And that was kind of like the main, my main goal as an actor to like, not let something like this get in the way. But it has inspired me to kind of uh, write a superhero comic book that I've been um, working on and with my friends about uh, characters with chronic illnesses and disabilities that uh, become superheroes by virtue of their chronic illness or, or so I have a character that's that was inspired by my experience called Cyabetes. Uh So he's a <laughs> character, you know, a kid with diabetes that has an insulin pump, CGM and uh, this, you know, energy, uh, this orb energy in, in, in our mythology um, allows him to tap into his potential. It's called the kinetics. So it's like the ability of people with disabilities and chronic illnesses to have this potential that's untapped, but they in this world are the only people that could actually tap into that like extra energy. And so he becomes a cyborg called Cyabetes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's, you know, a couple other characters that were, we worked on, you know, we wrote a graphic novel and we had written a comic book series. And now we're trying to, um, you know, get it published as a graphic novel, 200 page graphic novel that we're, kind of done with the manuscript and in the phase of pitching it out and, you know, trying to see if there's someone that is interested in a story like that, you know, an Mm -hmm. unconventional story like that.
1: Dude, that sounds amazing. I'm such a huge comic book fan real quick. What, what, what superpower would you want to have?
0: Oh my God. Um, I would say, um, my family and friends would be, uh, I would want the superpower of (laughs) being on time.
1: Um, uh, like, as I'm making you late for your next interview.
0: No, yeah. Right. Exactly. But, yeah, but in, in general, um, I am, I am someone who moves slowly and at my own pace. And yeah. so I guess in not being late, it would be speed or, uh, something do, doing things faster, you know, yeah. like, cause I, you know, it's like one of those things where you were a kid when I was a kid, I was fast. Right. <clears throat> As a little leaguer, I was like the fastest on the team. And then I caught, I was a catcher a lot. And so somehow usually catchers are not fast. And there's probably a reason because it, it like the weight and the muscle development in a catcher kind of weighs them down in their legs. So, um, and wear and tear on the, you know, the body. So by the time I was in high school and people had kind of, I was a late bloomer. So everyone was like bigger than me. I was one of the slower people on the team, which is a disadvantage when you're a little kid, when you're smaller than everyone. So um, I had a late growth spurt. And if I'd only hit it earlier, maybe I'd be playing baseball instead of being on like, the marvelous. This now Maisel now. Um, actually, I'd probably be retired at 40.
1: Right. Both would be you know? fine though, right? Yeah. Thank you for taking the time today and, and joining us. You're easy to find on uh, on Instagram and uh, yeah. Twitter, um, simply your name, Austin uh, Basis, on, on both platforms. Have yeah. a great day, man. I appreciate you taking some time, and uh, we'll see you online. Thanks, Austin. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify at Toddcast Podcast. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of Go Kid Go and a mom to two kids. Join my family on the story train with calm conductor Bertie each night as we travel through the magic rainbow tunnel to everywhere and anywhere to find the best bedtime stories. Search for Story Train on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.